Hello. Welcome back. Hello. Andrew's Frederick. We are with Ricky Lindman. This is the return of Gay Toad. Welcome back, Gay Toad. It's great to be back. Yeah, so it's been a minute. This is episode 45. I think it's like symbolic of how much you love Donald Trump. Oh, you know that you ended up on episode 45 what does that mean what does that mean well i will say i was going through my e- that do you guys are you all signed up with his fucking emails no i know <laughs> um, jesus christ he just i get spam. he just sent our friend something in the mail though i just saw a letter that i get spammed like a motherfucker and then i was going through and i thought of y'all it said purchase today limited edition trump nfts and i said i'm gonna fucking kill myself I i'm gonna that. kill myself this <laughs> is the day that. that was real i don't know see that I was real i thought it was i did i didn't follow up on it after you showed me earlier oh my Brent, God. but let's let's see let's i can't believe that was real yeah. hold on let's i gotta see the shit's shit real like this is oh by the way just fair warning we're having one of our very famous houston thunderstorms so if i disappear it's because i last connection or i got sucked up in a tornado and sent to oz so, oh, so. On that note, actually, oh my God, it's real. On that note, since we last spoke, you have changed your location, Mr. Lin. I have. I I became a gulag, yeah, gulag refugee. I did. You know, it's so fucking weird. I did, and I moved to Texas, and it's It's fucking. Dude, it's so fucking weird. A, like, I'm in fucking Texas. Based. But I remember um, you talking about it. Like, you were like, oh, I'm going yeah. to do that. And I'm like, you did it. And you got the job. And it's like, it all well, that's the thing. Like, with me, I, I don't say something unless I'm going to, like, do it. Like, I was saying, I'm going to move to Texas. People are like, oh, yeah, cool, cool. I'm like, oh, bitch, I'm fucking packing my shit right now. I'm filling up my fucking mini coop with all my art. And that's it. I came out here. And it's so weird being out here. A, nobody really wears masks. Um, you really don't see any of that shit out here. And B, but my fucking company that I work for, like, we're all on the same fucking page. You know, we're all like, you know, domestic terrorists. Not really. Just... If my, if my, joking, joking. if my, joking. Uh, feds, just kidding, feds, please. Just kidding. it's a joke for the sake of feds. It's oh. a joke for, they all watch for the glowies in the audience. I, I'm already on like the flight watch list. So I'm going to become like a flight watch list squared. <laughs> They're going to like double that shit. Um, but yeah, it's so weird. Like I'm, I'm in this environment and like, it's like COVID isn't even happening. So it's, is everyone around you? dropping dead is what you're saying and everyone's just coughing and sick and it's just a tragedy in texas is just oh yeah disintegrating it's before horrible. very eyes right you know Yo, uh, basically cnn like this is just it's just a death uh, trap over uh, in florida over here and over there in texas death puppy is extra new shit we we had a covid like a whip through our office like a motherfucker and i was sitting there like give this shit to me like fucking give me round two baby Round two, baby. I want I want to beat the fuck out of this motherfucker. I want to talk to the CEO of COVID and what get this the, motherfucker. What was the symptoms, by the way, that was that everybody was getting? I'm curious. Uh they lost their uh smell. I actually got it during Christmas. I so I remember that and I was wondering, I'm like, I wonder how many like gay toad haters out there right now are just like, God, I hope he dies. Yeah, he's gonna oh, die. Well, jokes me. on all of y'all. I fucking jerked off the entire time. <laughs> Laying in bed. I was totally fine. Jerking off to your memory. Fuck all y'all. I lived. You're not gonna kill me off that easily. Sorry. <laughs> Drink to that. 
Yeah, I got a whole bottle here. I'm gonna fucking kill this shit. Yeah. I don't have coffee right now, not wine. I won't make it to the show, I think, if I have a glass of wine. We just had dinner. Um, <laughs> he pops the cork with his <laughs> Shit, I just spilled wine all over my drawing. Well, you know, oh, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a proper gay toad visit if you didn't have a bottle of wine. Without a little bit of vino and spilling it all over my work. It just you know what? We're gonna say the wine spill was artistic touch. I think that's <laughs> It was intentional. That's fine. It was intentional. It's to add meaning. So besides besides the COVID stuff and all of that craziness, what are some of the, you know, major like cultural differences you've noticed between, you know, where you live now in Texas and yeah. where you left? In you know, the, the, the people here are so, all right, so background, I grew up in a military family. I bounced around my entire life. When people say where I'm from, I say, I say I'm from America. Like, I don't fucking know. Um, when I moved here, I shit you not, they are the kindest people that I have ever met. Like, I've never experienced people who will just come up to you and start fucking talking. Like, I'll be uh, on my lunch break out at the a parking lot out at uh, HEB, which is like an amazing fucking grocery store. You won't understand it until you visit. It's awesome. Anyways, um, like I'll just be sitting out there with a fucking Siggy and like sitting on the hood of my car and then people will come up to me and I'm thinking, shit, I don't got any money on me. Like, what do you want? And they'll be like, hey, I like your car. And I was like, thank you. And we'll just fucking start talking. Like people just come up to you and start shooting the shit. And, um, uh, you know, everyone's so kind and they're so willing to help. Like I, I fucking love these people, man. I, I love the people of Texas. Nobody really wears masks, which is great. Um, everyone's pretty much on the same page. I, what you're I saying, love it here. what you're saying, is you're not getting gay bashed, and people aren't shooting each other on the street. I am not. I am not. Interesting. Yeah. I actually got hit on at the fucking grocery store like a month ago. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Wasn't my type, but it was very flat. It's always flattering, even when it's not your type. It's just, yeah. oh my god, thank yeah, you. I'm like, oh, thank you. I love it when women smile at me at the grocery store. I'm like, oh, I still got it. <laughs> <laughs> but also, but also, she doesn't know. Yeah, well, that's it. That she obviously. doesn't know he's getting railed by another dude. Back. <laughs> she doesn't know. She doesn't need to know. She doesn't need to know. Not so... so I also, I wanted to ask a bit about your new job. Um, yeah. Wait, before we pivot to that, okay. do you want to talk about this this NFT thing? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pull it. I saw Yeah, it. let's fucking, let's talk about this. So, Thanks for pulling that up, Jamie. I appreciate that, Jamie. Oh, I mean, Brent. Uh, yeah, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> so, so it is real. It is real. Melania wow. Trump excited for this yeah. adventure, which combines my passion for art and commitment to helping our nation's children fulfill their own unique American dream. Former First Lady is pleased to announce the an NFT platform which release NFTs in regular intervals on MelaniaTrump.com. Uh, it looks like the first one came out at the end of December last year, uh, which is called uh, Melania's Vision is a Breathtaking Watercolor by Marc Antoine Coulon. So that, I heard of that. <laughs> Hear of this. It's on Solana. It's not on the Ethereum blockchain. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, they're smart. I'm not dealing with the gas piece. But... Uh, limited edition <laughs> piece, uh, approximately one soul. So they're probably selling editions of them. Huh. Uh, Interesting. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. See, this is like one of those things where I'm just like, does this mean like 
like we're done it's all done nfts are gonna tank or is this like a sign like all right it's just beginning it's just gonna go because there's like some of this shit makes me cringe to the point where i'm just like sell 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 it says yeah i think they're starting to pick up into the mainstream a little bit a portion of the proceeds will assist children aging out of the foster care system and by way of economic empowerment with expanded access to resources needed to excel in the fields of computer science and technology whatever that means so so she's it means out of the out of the foster system and into the trafficking system they're going to fund that probably that is probably correct yeah, the, um, so the reason they're using Solana is because they accept Solana and the crypto and credit card payments through MoonPay. Hmm. I'm just like, should we buy Solana. some Solana? I had like a smidge and like... I don't know. Like I, I feel like I missed the Solana boat. Like I, went, I had an opportunity to pick it up when it was like $20 and I was like, nah, I don't know what this is. <laughs> and then it like blew up. But yeah, so I guess it is real, but it's not a Trump NFT, but it's a Melania Trump NFT. It's not like... Well, I don't know if there's, there Trump. might have been more in, in like... Uh, in recent times i'm yeah, not sure this, is, this is all this is old news by the way and this is from like december of 2021 yeah. no see i heard about oh, melania i thought this was like a newer thing something else that trump himself was doing but i did hear about her releasing an nft so that i knew about interesting but they're nfts of trump right yeah, this one's newer news <laughs> this so. is from this says uh, following melania and a host of celebs probably will sell 10,000 nfts showcasing the quote-unquote okay. trump legacy this is the story yeah. This is a different thing. Uh, what's offered? The images in the collection were created by John McNaughton, an artist known for his paintings depicting American conservative political figures, religious subjects. Part one of the Parlor Trump Legacy collection features 10,000 pieces of art derived from hundreds of McNaughton's hand painted images minted on the Ethereum blockchain as ERC 2721 tokens. Pre sales will be available to whitelist subscribers starting January 20th for 0.1 ETH, which at the time of writing is equivalent to $315. You want to join the light list, blah, blah, blah. Applications still, need to be in by today. I think it's still around that, actually. Yeah, this so. is a good segue into art, actually. It is a good segue into art. And, and your job? My job. <laughs> yeah, because I want to ask about that because you're you're now working like actually in your field. And when you transitioned, you know, you waited tables for Get a while. Closer to your mic. Sorry. You waited tables for a while and now you kind of act you ended up in in a situation where you can like use the skills you went to school studying. Right. It's right. I have an OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, can do both. you could do both. You could do uh, an OnlyFans and then you know give architectural advice on there and stuff it's gonna be an only fans but just me like talking about how much i fucking hate the state and then you subscribe to it i'd yeah. fucking subscribe um, to it. <laughs> love it about but anyways yeah i mean this job is fucking amazing like so they're they're not designers at this firm they all come from a construction background and i wanted to come into this team because you know, there's, uh, when you're in school, especially in design school, you learn about, you know, conceptual, all these ideas, which is great, but there really is no tangibility of how shit's actually built in the real world, both how it's built or the cost of shit. And when they offered me this job, they really took a chance on me, but they were like, yo, we see some good potential in you to become a good part of our company. I was like, yeah, so cool. And, um, you know, I do a little bit of design work right now. Right now, I'm primarily doing cost estimates. Sorry, cost estimates, which is about as glamorous as it sounds. <laughs> but it is, <laughs> it is, I think, you know, an incredible 
learning opportunity because again you come from school working in concept and art but you really have no concept of how shit's actually built or how much shit costs and you that's know, a good you can point, have a bro. yeah you can have a great idea but if you can't get that shit built yeah. the shit's not going to get built your idea in shit yeah so, it's one thing to have a grand idea it's another thing to like execute it you know execute like, it, I, yeah. I have all types of crazy ideas in my head i'm just like can't I can't affirm. I can't afford can't it. confirm 100 <laughs> all kinds of crazy ideas in your head no, oh you can confirm I can confirm I can't confirm mm-hmm. but it's just like, now, like when I, I don't have space for that I don't I can't pay for that material you know I would need a team to do this sort yep. of thing yes mm-hmm. like in my like head, when uh, sense, yeah. but... it shit's pricey and when I'm fucking working on my own personal projects at home I'm designing this shit I'm looking at it like damn this motherfucker's expensive that shit's gonna be expensive that shit ain't gonna be built um but you know it's very uh it's humbling but it's also you know shit that that shit really gonna come into play i love my job we um we do custom homes um which is i mean so for those who most of you probably don't come from like an interior design background those watching architecture it's really hard to get into a residential design uh there's very few of those jobs but when you're in them they're fucking good because they make bank and also, and like, I'm fucking, it, it's so crazy. Like, I, I can't believe that I got this job. Yeah, you're, you know? you're designing, like, I'm so grateful. You're designing living spaces for people, for families. And, and that's, you know, just that alone is pretty, pretty crazy to think about. You it's know, so you're, nice. And you're, you're you get to know these living. people. They'll live yeah. on too, you know, like multiple families and stuff could end up living in a Ricky Lindman original design. <laughs> You don't, you never and know, man, you know? And, yeah. Uh, and it's stuff. so nice. Like um, you get a much better personal connection with the people that you're working with. Like commercial design offices. All right. You're working with a business dude. All right. We're going to design your fucking offices for people you don't give a shit about. Okay, cool. But then when you're designing for people's homes, like you meet with them several times yeah. and you talk to them and uh, they call me sometimes and they're like, Hey, we just had a few ideas and um, like, we'll just shoot the shit on the phone. And um, you know, it's a, it's a really nice um, intimate personal connection that you have when you're building a space for that. Someone's actually going to live in. It's uh, it's really nice. You know, it's cool. Fucking job. Cool. Fucking job. I'll leave it at that. It sounds pretty awesome, honestly. And you know, I'm not an architect, but just the artist in me would just loves the idea of being able to like design my own living space. And we will, we will definitely collaborate in the future. Cause I'm going to need, all please. I have my weird ideas, but I'm going to need like, be like Ricky, like how much will this cost? Like, yes. is this doable? In this magical like, <laughs> where we have money. In this magical feature where we have money and thousands of subscribers and people care about what we're saying here. And but you know what? That's that's the better better approach. I've dealt with a lot of like architects and interior architects who they have a very left brain kind of mentality when it comes to design. It's very technical, which is important. But I think you know, looking at precedents. And really just, you know, any great designer now, the best designers or architects are the ones who approach every project as an artist. Then you create the most magical kind of spaces. Like when I'm going to interviews with clients, like my coworkers, they ask, um, how many rooms do you need? Whatnot? How many lights do you want? I ask, how do you interact with light? Which is a super gay fucking question. But it's like, those give you the good... Those are the important questions. 
like uh you know and uh you yeah artists you know they get shit on a lot but it's a good it's a good mentality to have in any approach to any kind of field you should be kind of conceptual I'm in Florida now, so I can't help but thinking of him while we're having this conversation, especially because I read a book recently and he was like a major figure in this book. But are you familiar with Addison Meisner? I don't know if I brought him up before on the show. So he, he was an American architect and he founded the Mediterranean Revival and Spanish Colonial Revival yep. tiles. Um, yeah. And he was a fascinating figure to read about, but he very much approached how he built his structures here in that way. They were like living pieces of art, but also he wanted them to be practical and suited to the region, you know, and he's like, you know, I can't take some like colonial style or like Victorian style house from up north and try to do that here down south yeah way down south and it starts to get tropical and or uh, if you're building along the coast which is where he designed a lot of his homes but he also you know he, he wanted to take <laughs> what inspired him from the different places that he visited he's also a big gay mm -hmm. yeah i think he may, he may have been gay subsection yeah. six he, he, he be sucking on them nuts yeah so yeah. he was uh he never married he had no kids and there was definitely a lot of rumors that went around and he was a very interesting figure i recommend people just read about him if just looking if at his wikipedia page he looks like a mo yeah he was definitely a mo. <laughs> you know he was very eccentric and he he was really popular in, in his time and a lot of the wealthiest people who came down to you know the coast of florida boca raton he designed that whole place um they wanted houses designed by addison meissner and just because they they were living pieces of art he really took that extra care and attention to detail to every single thing he did in these houses. And he would fuse the different styles of what he really liked, you know, the Spanish style in particular. And obviously a Mo. Obviously a Mo. Probably likes to suck on the D and all that. Oh dear. I mean, is there any uh, our show is not for kids. <laughs> what was that? Is, is there any is there any pictures of his work? Um, let me see. I see Miser's homosexuality. That's all Brent the gay, the gay father of South Florida architecture. But uh, um, he's early career. Fascinating. Former University, three years apprenticeship. This is a pretty one. He, partner. Really Fred Aikenhouse. Scroll down. Scroll down. Scroll down. The Evergaze Club? No, he didn't design the I don't think he did the Evergaze Club. Actually, he may have. Selected Buildings is owned by John Lennon and his wife, Yoko Ono, located on South Ocean Beach Boulevard, probably 42 as Blainers Row. Da -da -da -da. Modern design the Hitchcock Stake in Millbrook, New York. Uh, first major Florida commission was the Everglades Club, a okay, Spanish mission-style yeah, convalescent yeah, yeah. retreat built in 1918. That became and remains a private club. So, yeah, this is his style, it looks like. Which, you know, yeah, like you see this everywhere you go in Florida, like this whole yeah. like, sort of hacienda, he, Española. He popularized that in particular, but he also, he innovated it. Like I said, he was, he was taking certain elements from other things and fusing them in, into that in ways that weren't being done before. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, very much an artist. Like when you, when you look at a character like him, you study his life. And so it's like, you know, you talked about the left brain and the mathematical minded and buildings yes they have to be functional but i think we take for granted 
that there's something more to a building. I don't think it, 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 it can't just be functional. It has to give something more to us. And No, absolutely. I mean, we, we spend, I think it's 90% of our lives inside of a built environment. The, the absolute profound impact that has on our mental well-being, how we're doing in everyday life, that's, that can't be understated. Yeah. And um, that's where, that's why I joined this career is because I, I saw it as an opportunity to help people in the best way possible. And it really is, um, it is a tool to um, better improve people's lives. And that's not just like interior design, interior architecture, architecture, that's any kind of art. You know, it, is, it really is a tool and um, to better people's lives. And that's where I think art design, it really has a very powerful play in what's happening right now to where we actually can do shit that is going to influence and, um, you know, push uh, an idea of where things need to be right now. If that makes sense, you know, um, like shit, look at our, look at the enemy right now. The propaganda yeah. is fucking beautiful. It is. Well, it, ha- it has to be. It has to be mm-hmm. convincing to some extent, but also propaganda is very, uh, it's hollow. You know, it could, it could seem pleasing and skillful, but there's always something about it that feels hollow. And I feel like real true art won't have that feeling to it. Like look at Soviet art. Um, we had my friend Andy on the show and we were talking about this at the time and how, you know, totalitarianism, like true art really can't flourish in that environment because artists have to be able to express themselves in in a totalitarian environment you really can't do that and he's like you know look what happens to the art it turns into you know just people in uniforms and and soldiers and shit Mm -hmm. and that that becomes the art that is allowed you know and the other stuff sort of gets censored and pushed out of our society so no i i agree with you i think uh we're at the forefront of the battle in many ways and you know, we have a lasting impression on culture and in a different way than, say, a scholar or, an, you know, an intellectual type may have. Um, but also a responsibility comes with that. And Oh, yeah, it's a huge responsibility. I think um, when people approach art or design, they look at, at those who can do it as a gift. And it is a gift, but it is more so a, a tool. And I don't know if I've talked about this before, but one of the best examples I can think of that really embodies that is the Bauhaus School of the Arts. Have you heard of it? Yeah. For those of, those of you who don't too. know, yeah. it was a what? <laughs> it was a band, yeah. Was yeah. Band they named it after that school. Yeah, so I, I badass. drank whiskey backstage once with David J. Great story. I won't tell it now, but just a fun fact. Fucking beast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for those of you who don't know, Bauhaus was a uh, contemporary art school that began, I believe it was in Munich in 1920, I want to say 23. I'm probably wrong. Sounds I do believe it was the 20s. Sounds about right. And they were a contemporary art school. And, you know, they, they fucking taught everybody. <laughs> they, they taught women, which was unheard of at the time. They taught anybody who was Black, no matter what, they, they actually had a lot of gay students as well. And they, they taught them that because they understood the importance of the craft, that it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, that what we do is important. And historical lesson, 
Nazis hated contemporary art. They saw it as a perversion of art. They saw it as perverting society. So when they came into power, they shut down the school um, and they snuffed them out. And a lot of the students fled to America, which we have a lot of great contemporary artists because of that. Some of them were sent to the camps. And the, the part that really gets me is some of them were recruited by the Nazis to design and build the camps because they knew that the mind of a designer could create one of the most efficient, efficient killing yeah. machines in human history. Wow. And I remember learning about that in school and thinking, holy shit. And I realized two things. I realized, A, what we do isn't just a gift, it's a tool. And it's imperative to highlight that because the tool can just as easily become a weapon. Like, look at the propaganda right now. It's fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I learned, or I... I kind of told myself it's I would never use this shit, this gift that I was given to hurt other people in any way. And I think a lot of artists need to approach, you know, what we do in that sense that what you do is important and it can affect lives and the best of ways or the worst of ways. So So I I think this is a good segue actually into, uh, you know, the project you were working on when you were in school before you left. And, you know, I'm thinking about it now after what you just said. And yeah, it's like, it's quite literally intended to be the opposite of the type of way that the design was being used to do what, say, the Nazis did. It's like, oh, the, the Nazis had someone design a facility that was like an efficient killing machine or subjugating machine. And you're like, all right, well, I'm going to take design and use it to create some sort of facility that does the opposite, that helps people who are suffering to have a place to heal and yeah i mean talk about that a bit and because it sounds like that that was your true motivation you're like i want to use design for like to do the opposite of what these horrible nasty people used it for it's like it was i'm gonna show i can i can use it and create something like beautiful that heals so how i came about that project is i looked at what i loved most which was design and liberty those two things and then good thing in order to I, good fucking things, bro. And then I looked at something which is the opposite of that, which is slavery. And um, I, I came across for those of you who don't know who are watching, I des- for my senior thesis, I designed a transitional home for teens rescued from trafficking in San Diego. It's a big fucking problem out there. It, it's horrible. It's yeah. It, they never talked about it, but it's fucking huge. We talk about it often. So yeah, our, our yeah viewers, you guys talk about it often. Yeah. Whoever's they, a regular viewer of us knows, you know, they know. It's, they it's know. a subject we take seriously. Yeah. So um, I wanted to design, the, you know, something for them to help them improve their lives. And, um, you know, it was probably one of the hardest projects that I've ever worked on. Not because, like, the requirements that were associated with it but sort of how background however i approach every project is i have to learn every facet of it before i start designing for them like even right now when we're working on custom homes for people i sit down with the client and i learn about their lives what they do what they want from the space what they really need how many kids you have like how many kids you plan on having like all those things kind of matter yeah, I want to get a good sense of you. And for yeah. that project, I talked to a lot of survivors and that shit's fucking hard. That shit's real fucking hard. 
Um, because like, <laughs> sorry if I start choking up right Yeah, but it's hard. Yeah. The the shit that they went through is fucking awful, and like I'm, I'm sitting there thinking like, shit, I don't know how to fucking. I I can't make anything that can fix that, but you know it's you have to do the best that you can, and that's that's what I did. I, I sat and I talked to a lot of survivors over Zoom, and um, you know. I learned about their stories and I, I asked them what they would like to see in a space, what would have helped them most coming out of the situations. And I talked to them and, it, you know, it's incredible that all of them suggested they just wanted the simplest things. Like they just wanted a place to sit in a window and read somewhere with light, light kept coming up. Um, so light is, was definitely a big influence in this project. Um, but uh, where was I going with this? No, I, <laughs> it was, I, it was, I was just, it's a good project. Where I think we're just following you and watching you kind of uh, think out loud with it. I, I, I was going to rent, you should definitely pull up the designs of it. Uh, I think uh, if you go to Ricky's, I think on your Instagram, there's a link, right? Uh, I, I think I might have changed it. it might not be there anymore I if you type in at gay toad 2 on Twitter and type in thesis after that it should bring you to that there might be a link I love that like you can find it that way <laughs> 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 gay thesis yeah okay so there's the model you can pull the model up which is interesting your approach i think your approach was really quite brilliant actually um you know you're like all right i'm designing a facility for this very particular type of you know damage and trauma that people are going through and what do they need and i think the smartest approach was definitely like let's let me interview some of them and ask them themselves and you know see what they need yeah um... it's really cool though it, the thank you. The original site is an eighteen fifties Spanish hacienda that already existed, and so I renovated it into this facility. Uh, and um, when I was doing my research and evaluating the site, so that hacienda sits on a nature preserve, and it's this incredibly magical place when you're standing there you don't see the outside world and vice versa when you're driving around this shit like you don't see the hacienda at all it's it's hunkered in this bunch of trees and wildlife and you're almost living in this bubble and it's between the outside world and where they are now and evaluating the site you have both natural life both on the outside of the hacienda and in the two interior courtyards there's trees in there as well and the word that kept popping up both in the evaluation of the site and talking to the survivors was the word between. 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 So that's the name of my project was between. And it was a it was uh, this place is a, a between of what once was and what will be, basically. And I wanted to pull in that which is which was outside the um, you know, natural environments, the trees into this interior. Um and that's where you get a lot of the, a lot of open windows. I like windows. Light is a very good material to work with, especially with damaged people. Not, I wouldn't say damaged people, but people who are fucking going through some horrible shit. In their life. Uh, recovering um, from damage. 
recovering from yeah they're not sorry yeah. let me clarify they're not damaged people but holy shit you're reading these stories i'm like man i don't know how you got through that fucking shit man that's i like uh, shit. i like your description of light as a material i think uh it is light is it really is a material um yeah the yeah, gothic I it in every project the gothic architects of uh the medieval times they would agree with you those masons they certainly yeah. that way the, what are these little like little sub oh those things so those <laughs> they're very unglamorous but they have if you pause at that one so they are actually bathrooms <laughs> but what what they do is you see how they're intersecting through the walls mm-hmm. the reason for that is uh, there was a precedent i was studying i forget his name but what he did is he continued he wanted to bring in the outside and the interior and what he did is he would have the same material on the inside intersecting through a wall and going into the exterior and visually when you're looking at that through a large window like you see on either side of those structures which are a place to sit by the way um you see this visual connection of whoa this shit's this material's inside or the structures inside and it's also outside as well and visually if when you're looking at his photographs god I, I i need to remember his name but it creates this incredible visual connection between the outside world and the inside world and that's what i wanted to do i wanted to um pull the outside into the interior um which is what i that was the intent of that purpose it was nice that they they have private bathrooms too hmm it's like it's like the opposite of Andrew Cuomo. He wanted to, you know, get restaurants to take <laughs> the inside and bring the inside outside. So those yeah. windows are a place to sit. And also it's carrying on that concept of oh, cool. intersecting between the walls. Um, those, that's what those panels are for. You see what's outside is both inside and you see that sort of visual connection. Mm-hmm. Where's a where's the original structure that the renovation is based upon located again? It's in California, but where? Yeah, it's in Vista, California. It was actually like a five minute walk away from me. I would go down there and draw it all the time. It was beautiful. Is it still um, yeah, if you want to type in uh, Guahomi Adobe on Google, so G U A. Yeah. J O M E. Then Adobe. Then it'll be in California. Oh. I think that's right. Ranch. If you go under image. Adobe, that looks like it. Images, it might show you some more shit. So do you still have plans to carry out this idea? I would, I would love to have this built. <laughs> um, yeah, I would love to have this built. This is why I, I joined this field. So um, what you like cool. in this specific location or even if it's like something similar, but you have to carry out the idea, stay somewhere else. I'm okay with both. Um, the specific location would be great right now. It's sort of like a shitty historical museum. It's not really put into use. Um, which goes into a whole other topic. I, I don't agree with buildings existing for the sake of historical value. I think a building is built so that it has functional value. Um, 
I this place was a, originally built as a home. Um, very um, well-to-do couple. They were actually an interracial couple. She was English and he was Mexican and their parents hated them for that. But they traveled out West to the unknown and they struck gold and they eventually, you know, made bank, which was a beautiful story. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite a, it's quite a home. It looks like now they use it for weddings. They, there's a lot of wedding receptions, but it's really just like a fucking museum right now. And it's, you know, it's kind of sad. Like I think, uh, like, um, example, like when I was in Italy, when you go into these big cathedrals, like, yeah, sure, they are there for historical value, but they're still utilized as cathedrals. Does that make sense? Like they should still have a purpose. A building shouldn't be there for the sake of just being there. It should always have a actual functional purpose to help people. Right. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, I agree with like you, but I'm also like a history nerd and I'm always like, I'm all like preserve things. Well, sure. And it's oh, one, yeah, I want to preserve <laughs> It's one thing if we're talking like, you know, like the Liberty Bell and like, yeah, you know, yeah, like no, I, I understand. And another thing if you're talking something like this, yeah. but yeah, no, I think that you could definitely repurpose this to be like housing, you know, yeah. victims of things like that. Uh, I'm speaking yeah. from like the perspective oh, of like, oh, I'm speaking from the perspective of like, like I would definitely be the guy who would like try to like rescue a historical house because it's going to be condemned or something. And I would do that too. I would be like, no, <laughs> stand in front of it and be like, you are not knocking this beautiful Victorian home that, that so-and-so <laughs> once lived in. Sure, but compromise, you know, put it to work. No, I would do that too. Yeah, I would be like, let's save it, but let's put it to good use. Yeah, and um, that's kind of how I viewed that project. But it's a work. Actually, in, in that project was one of the first, I would say, quote unquote, tests of like principle when it came to design. So one of the um, uh, well, well, requirements of the project was we had to design with COVID um in mind and COVID you know restrictions in mind and I said I'm not going to do that I said I'm not going to do that we're not going to do that and the my professor they said well that's a department requirement I said okay so I talked to the dean of our department and I said I'm not going to fucking do that it goes against a what the people need in this space you're not going to fucking segregate them against other people they need other people you know it goes against complete yeah. yeah they they this project is the opposite of what you're wanting to implement she said well that's policy and i said well how many points is that going to take off of my final grade and she said seven points and i said okay so i did it anyway <laughs> and i got a 92 i would have had a 99 or a 90 oh no i can't i am drunk worth it worth Let's those see. two points worth those oh, yeah. points. Fuck that shit yeah ridiculous so when did you when did you finish school i didn't realize you finished during uh all the lockdown bullshit i thought you did i thought you got out like right before all of that so no i graduated in 2021 i spent the second half of my junior year and all of senior year doing zoom classes in california oh shakes sucks It, it sucked like, um, I, you know, as an artist, you kind of need, you know, to be around other artists. And I love my family, but they're just not. When Caitlin's around, I'm like so lively and, and happy. Like, I love when Caitlin's around because I need, uh, I need, she's an artist. So I, I love you, Brett, but like, yes, Caitlin has that like real artist brain and I love bouncing ideas off of her. And, you know, our, our work, 
as different as it is, very much informs each other just because of that, because we're always bouncing ideas and like, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And I love you. Love you, Caitlin. She's not going to watch this, but it's fine. <laughs> She's too busy to watch our show, but it's fine. She comes on it, so that's enough. She just got a new uh, waitressing job down in Miami at uh, this restaurant, and they, um, you know, they tell that that their their wait staff makes anywhere from like ninety to one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, just because yeah, very very high end. It's the clientele, it's the area, but yeah, Toad, you should you got to come to Florida. And we and we got to go to Texas. <laughs> oh. Yeah, come to Texas. <laughs> yes, Toad's employed. We're not, so it's okay. I, mean, I I have to see Texas. So I've yet to see it. Yes, it'd be fun. I, I have a bias. I, I like the Cowboys. You know. Hell yeah. Are there a lot of cute That's, Cowboys there? There are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> they're like nine out of ten straight you know for that i'm still single life. but you know they're nice to look at <laughs> so no no dating nothing in the love life of, of <sighs> um there i mean there was like somebody that i was talking to off and off since like thanksgiving but uh, it's not going anywhere. these are all Which the details fine everyone really wants who's watching this show oh you want the details of my dating life this well, this ask- is the details they really want they're like fucking, fucking ask away it. fucking ask away let's <laughs> there's nothing to talk how tall about. does a man have to be to get your attention you know here's the thing like i don't care about height i don't fucking care about dick size <laughs> what do you like care i about? just um funny i really like funny funny. and moderately handsome that's it yeah relatively symmetrical so the way to toad's heart is just to make him laugh and to be moderately handsome yeah absolutely nothing else (laughs) no that's it (laughs) it. damn that's you're easy you'll find him he's out there Uh, maybe i don't know i think he died we need we need to make girl you're so young don't fuck them. If they don't have books, don't fuck them. If they don't have books. Yeah. John Waters said that. And I agree. <laughs> I agree with him. Because look, how do you That's make drinking cool again? Think about how like huge the sexual drive is in determining like human behavior and decision making. Yeah. Like, so if you wanted to make books cool again, just start denying people every time they don't have them. Then it'll start clicking maybe in their head. Like, maybe I should read some books. Like I'm your not, first first question on your I'm not like, getting dating app is like, so what are you reading right <laughs> what now? What are you reading right now? What's on your shelf, bro? Oh, you, nothing. Which also, it's not going to work. Top five favorite books of all time. <laughs> Pay attention to what they order on the first date. If they're like, steak fuck yeah fuck yeah if this motherfucker is getting a salad i don't know i don't know i don't know i don't know, I don't know about yeah. that either. i agree with you, that actually <laughs> brent gets a salad brent gets a salad <laughs> don't you <laughs> no brent's definitely a steak i'm guy. definitely a steak guy. definitely a steak i want a steak i want a burger kind of guy i get the salad that's my job yeah. i get the salad i don't want him to get the salad I saw. Uh, I'm refraining for, from so many jokes right now. I'm sorry. Our favorite. Oh, it's because our... it's because I'm a bottom. That's why I'm. The fuck <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I'm like. Let me not. Let me not. <laughs> Too easy. If One I see him our... get a salad, I'm like, fuck. Which one's gonna bottom? <laughs> I can't do it. Shit. 
Uh, speaking uh, of bottoms, our Australian mutual, Miss <laughs> Camille Pogba, you know, that bitch. Shout out to Camille. Uh, he had a, uh, a tweet out where he was like, you know, um, emotional men are a total turnoff. And it inspired this like whole big conversation. Oh, I'm sure it did. And well, what's interesting is like, you know, I always thought, you know, it, people that went, I always thought a guy that was more stoic or a little bit more reserved was attractive because like there was like a little bit of a secret there. There was a little bit of mystery, you know, like you were a bit like, as opposed to somebody who kind of just like is very loquacious or wears their heart on the sleeve. Like it, you know, that there's, they're an open book. It's just like not so much of a mystery to figure out. So I can kind of understand that. And also, but also you have to be careful because the extreme is the like emotionally unavailable type yeah. of, of individual, sure. which is like sort of a covert. That's my curse. <laughs> my well, curse. You, so you, you, you grow out of it, but also it can be it, for dudes that don't grow out of it, it can be like a form of like, like a covert form of narcissism where they kind of just like enjoy having you pine over them like eternally. And it's yeah. just like not a very healthy situation. I, I get the point of the tweet though, and I sort of agree. Well, with she's it. she's a rampant shit poster. She yeah. just loves to stir the I pot mean, and like put <laughs> a lot of like you know, men are men, women are women, like kind of tweets. Like, I think it's a matter of like the perceived like control and like composure. Like when a man is composed and and you and it feels like his emotions are under control. That's attractive it doesn't mean that like men shouldn't express their emotions you know I yeah think, i agree i think they yeah. should i think men should feel perfectly fine to cry i just think there's like a time and a place to do it and you know in certain times and certain places it's i guess it is like dishonorable to to do it or perceived as weak or might actually be weak you know there might be certain situations when you shouldn't be crying like a bitch you need to be like standing the fuck up tall and punch something or someone oh yeah like i'm that. not advocating violence youtube no no i am though <laughs> i love that <laughs> if someone says some shit to me they beat the fuck out of that bitch let me <laughs> that shit gonna turn me on like a motherfucker do that shit for me okay <laughs> if he beats up the person that tried to bash you on your first date he's the one for you i'm like baby you're gonna get it tonight let me tell you <laughs> now coming know- in with his lip all bleeding i'm like so the quickest way into toad's bed is to just beat someone up for him beat the living fuck out of someone yeah. or just be goofy yeah, I would just be goofy, but it has to be like a real jackass authoritarian type, you know, preferable oh, yeah. asker or something like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. I don't even know how we got on to this. Told about his dating life and his we preferences. Were, oh, yeah. right, we were. oh my date! Yeah, my dating life. Everybody wants that, That's like, like I said. This is everybody's DMing us, being like, "Ask Toad what he likes." Yeah, so many DMs. Like my DMs are like, so many. Right no, but like all the Toad fans are gonna come and watch this episode, and you know they're not coming for us fuckers. They're, they're coming to watch Toad, so they want all the deets, man. They need all the. They need to know, you know. Give the people what they want. You have a lot of people who crush on you on Twitter, Toad. You have a lot of people who crush on you. Yeah. Like, they say some really interesting things in your comments. They do. They do. It's just the ones I don't crush, or the ones I crush on back don't want me, which is cool. I don't care. 
It's Anyways, <laughs> that was a little. That was a little bit of shade. A little, a little bit of shade. Just a little, if he's hey, watching, like, a little shade. If he's watching, he knows. It's oh. <laughs> Anyways, Anyways I'm fuck like, you. I'm like, eat shit, but I still love you. Do we know who this is about? <laughs> of course we do. Oh, okay. Okay. There are you, cute ones out there. He knows. Next. You know. He knows. Everybody knows. <laughs> we just won't say. You know. That's, okay. that's classy. I'll, I'll text him afterwards and say it was about you. It was about you. <laughs> just to confirm. Uh, well, it's, it's about him. He is great. And, I, you know, we can understand. Yeah. He is a great guy. Yeah. Cheers to you. You know Cheers. who you are. I hold nothing Cheers. against you. I just think you're a faggot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. So, good thing uh, we're not monetized. Good thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, apparently, this whole like Kofifi narrative is like collapsing. That's it really like, is. Totally so. pivot. It does feel like it's kind of crumbling now. Um, how can they continue to hold this up? It's just looking more and more absurd. And New York is pushing it. Like, what the hell, man? It's so funny. It's just very it's, strange because. Like, I'm, I'm going to be dead at. I'm sorry. You go no, ahead. Go ahead. No, oh no, no I was just dead like ass. I'm, dead ass. I'm dead ass. ass, dead ass right now. It's literally so funny watching these like retarded ass autismo motherfuckers like still falling in line with this shit. It, it don't matter how ridiculous the shit gets. They say mm, five boosters, yes, sir. And they're like wearing three masks in a fucking airport. I saw this one bitch, she had a fucking bubble over her goddamn head. I said, you know what? That shit's funny as hell. I ain't, I ain't gonna like hate on you or nothing. I want you to exist so I can fucking laugh at you. That shit funnier than a motherfucker. Let me tell you that shit. You know, so you, funny. You're so correct though. If there's one thing to say about this time, it's like, you know, despite all of the really terrible aspects of it, man, there's just so much comedic gold, like memes upon memes galore. Like historians are gonna look back at this time period, the last two years as one of, the, the dumbest times in our history, which reminds me, I had a tweet that went very viral where that was literally what I, all I said was, we are without a doubt living through the dumbest time in our history. I remember that shit. Yeah. I retweeted that and, shit. And it's I just, this it's, it's like the band bad. players. Damn, Daniel, 40,000 likes on yeah, that tweet. I, that was- Damn, Daniel. I don't know. I woke up and I was like, why is this shit still getting shared? <laughs> And, and like people started arguing like conversations and shit i'm like is this what it's like to be like twitter famous and like and turned off notifications yeah i definitely had notifications <laughs> on for it you i had did to that like one. look through it don't you don't you love how it's like the most random tweets that go viral yeah. like i'll fucking like i'll tweet out this like long ass fucking soliloquy about the shit that's going on it'll get like four 30 likes Same. and i'll tweet out fucking walmart and i'll get like 175 I'm like, <laughs> 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 but this one was crazy i had never gotten like like forty thousand likes on something is crazy to me but i'm like okay you, this motherfucker got forty thousand. it was an old picture yeah, it's too pin tweet right yeah. now it's my pin tweet if you go in there and look at it but it's like an old picture and it's from one of these band performances at a game you know and and the saxophone players are there and they have the, the stupid masks on with the hole where the mouth is and <laughs> Oh, I thought that shit. <laughs> you know, and I know the picture's old, and I'm not saying like they're still doing this wherever this picture was taken, but I know there are places that are definitely still doing this shit. Uh, I shared another one in there too, where they like had the saxophone like wrapped in like a protective cloth and shit. Jesus, <laughs> it's just like there was like a why 
like the start of my senior year after COVID had been around, like one of the projects was, it was like a mini project, not a thesis or any of that shit. It was like, let's design for COVID shit. Uh, let me tell you, I, I'm the type of motherfucker, I do the most on every project. I didn't do shit on that project. I let my group project do everything. I don't care. Sorry if you're all watching. I thought y'all were gay. Anyways, so <laughs> fucking they, they put in nothing. I'm like, I'm looking at this. You're damn right. I didn't do shit. I said, <laughs> looks cool. Does nothing. Submit. Anyways, and I'm looking at these fucking presentations. Hey, these motherfuckers are retarded as a motherfucker. I was, I was looking at one. It was like, it's a mask, but you can, uh, I shit you not. Literally, you can unzip it, put your fucking straw in your mouth to sip. And I, I shit, I had to turn off my camera and my mic. I couldn't stop fucking laughing. I, I was looking at this like, off. <laughs> I'm like, this little faggot, he decided to fucking mess with a goddamn zipper. <laughs> It's so bad. It's not right? like that's not an original concept yeah. either. And like, it's just it's pretend, any of this still has anything to do with science too. It's just like you're gonna keep oh. touching it, getting germs on it. It's just in the kicker, <sighs> they, they had the zipper and it said BLM. <laughs> of course it did. Uh, of course it did. It's almost it kind of beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It is but like watching it rip in half. Good. I was like, oh, I kind of like that. But in the uh the uk today there was, was yeah, a new investigation that. that uh some 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 video leaked from scotland yard where they were talking about how they were going to open up an investigation into the coof narrative and a lot of the uh injuries the injections that were happening in the uk and i couldn't confirm the authenticity of the video i had a friend send it to me on telegram and i was like hmm, that's interesting and then later in the, the day boris i noticed johnson. boris johnson going up in front of the parliament and basically saying that you know uh, they're going to terminate all of their mandates they're going to relax all of their masking policies mm -hmm. they're going to you know strongly suggest you know everybody comply but it's just going to be voluntary and sort of like you won't be criminalized anymore yeah there's and no criminal penalties for it curious timing very curious, curious timing, timing. Yeah. it's like this like sort of scam but i feel like the whole thing is sort of falling apart um especially now somebody else came out with, recently who is an associate of peter dozak peter dozak is the guy who was in charge of eco health alliance was oh, basically that up? the organization that was taking uh nih money uh and when and, and like our taxpayer dollars funneling it through uh eco health alliance and then using that money to go do illegal bioweapons gain of function uh style viral research in wuhan in china mm -hmm. uh now this guy is alleging that there may have been a cia connection they may have been um you know, imagine to, the fuck out of that mm -hmm. <laughs> trying to get these 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 guys in in china to see what you know the chinese knew or what they were doing and there's like a whole thing with it being covered up and so i'm wondering if this is all going to come out yes yeah, from this guy andrew huff yeah so i have the thread here i'll read it it's not that long but it is interesting if what he's saying here is true it definitely would align with the crazy um, just shit be careful with using the keywords daniel if you're gonna read it um all right so i will try to avoid those although we've already broken like every board. i know but just like <laughs> you know tread carefully oh shit i'm are we going on you're youtube fine. i'm sorry i we said are, but like, oh, it's i'm fine. sorry i said faggot to youtubers like <laughs> yeah, i meant it, I meant it. <laughs> 
I meant it in a term. I meant to say faggot in the term of love and endearment, not like <laughs> it's like how black people say the n word. I meant well, to yeah, say faggot. Just <laughs> yeah, just we're, so we're in a room full of we're all gay. We're just all gay. full disclosure. Yeah, full disclosure. In case it's you like can the tell from I get like, to say it because I'm gay. We get exactly. But well, just really quick though, I love how like as like the show goes on and you and you keep sipping like the f words, just more of them keep coming out. All the f- faggot or fuck. All of the, <laughs> all of the or, oh, wait, we got to put on the a fornication. Fornication. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's the thread. This is by Andrew Huff, a PhD. I'm not familiar with this guy. A friend of mine uh, texted this to me earlier today, and because we were chatting a bit about this, and this is what he writes. He writes, for the record, <clears throat> in 2015, Dr. Peter Daszak stopped me as we were leaving work late at night and asked me if he should work with the CIA. I was shocked given my experience in security. Over the next two months, he gave me updates on three separate occasions about his work with the CIA. When he asked me the question, I stated, Peter, it never hurts to talk with them and there could potentially be money in it. Meanwhile, I was cringing that he told me this in a non-classified setting uh, to a person that was not read in and to an uncleared person, me. Then over the next two months at the break area while getting coffee or between meetings, he stated that they were interested in the places that we were working, the people involved, the data that we were collecting, and that the work with them was proceeding. Looking back, I now believe that EcoHealth Alliance was a CIA front organization to collect viral samples and to collect intelligence on foreign laboratory capacity. There was no way that the data collected or the models being developed could predict transmissions or pandemics. Contextually, EcoHealth has barely solved was barely solvent and it was commonplace to lay off employees with the ebb and flow of federal and private funding. Peter would do anything to say or say anything to obtain funding. Intelligence organizations <laughs> often target people in financial Gay. distress. You think so? <laughs> no, I'm just. Yeah, I would. This point he makes here <laughs> is interesting. He says intelligence organizations yeah. often target people in financial distress. From the CIA's perspective, it was a great plan, in my opinion, if what Dr. Peter Nusik mm. said was true. Since it was commonplace for Peter to lie, I didn't necessarily believe him when he told me. However, based on the past two months of the U.S. government spending millions of dollars surveilling me and MTRX Inc., I guess that's his company. Yeah, I'm on the website right now. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. Employees, including military aircraft, attempting to destroy my house, bugging everything in it. Stealing property, yeah, and hacking all my devices, I believe that the worst is likely true. EcoHealth Alliance is likely a CIA organization. Kofifi 19 is the biggest intelligence failure since 9 11. The cover up is the greatest in US history, far worse than the Iran Contra scandal. The truth is coming out, and I will testify this under oath. Fucking That's the whole thing. Yeah. Can I say something real quick? Go for Can it. Can I say something real quick? All right. Because y'all are going to edit this, right? This shit is based to tell. And I, and I, okay. <laughs> well, I really have to fucking piss. Go for it. Really bad. And I want to respond to this, but I'm fucking swiveling in my chair like a fucking go, guy. Go for it. Like, I'm going to piss no my pants. We'll, we'll pause <laughs> okay. it.
like my bladder. Yeah, we're back. All right. Yeah. So Toad had to go take a piss. We were talking about Dazak, right? Yeah, about, about yeah, Mr. Dazak and his funneling of monies. Yeah, and and, uh, and also how apparently whoever this guy, you know, Andrew Huff is, I'm not too sure. Um, he says, you know, Andrew Huff, PhD, MS, health technology entrepreneur, yeah. scientist. Honestly, I I ten thousand followers on Twitter. I had never heard of him until today, until my friend texted me today and shared that thread. I hadn't me, heard of so. it either. So this is all new developments Man. for me. But uh, apparently, there's you know like a court case against him. Um, so it's so according to this post, which he retweeted himself, um, January 12th, which is when the threat happened, Dr. Uh, Andrew Huff, an associate vice president at EcoHealth Alliance. So that would have been his position, according to this. Uh, I issued a public statement on Twitter in which he claimed Peter Daszak, the president of EcoHealth Alliance, told him that he was working for the CIA. So, but that about the, um, now- that sums up what, what this is all about, what I'm what i'm talking about but and, like, and the like, cia is threatening him um that's what he said um that's that's when you just go on the yeah. live stream you're like so here's the deal like, <laughs> <laughs> here's the fucking deal so this deal. is this document is actually kind of interesting there's this thing that came from jim jordan's office um this one share that one uh and this is addressed to the secretary of the U.S. Health, uh, Health and Human Services Department. Um, and basically, Jim Jordan and this other guy have like a three-page letter here lifting all the things that Fauci has lied about and all of the emails that like show that he lied. And then they like ask questions like, did Fauci or Collins warn anyone at the White House about the potential for the coof uh, coming from a lab and that it could be, you know, something that they had intentionally perhaps produced? Um, if these concerns were not shared, why was that decision made to, you know, be all quiet about it? Um, is there any new evidence that came to light uh, in this time period? to alter the belief that it originated in the lab. Did Fauci or Collins edit the Nature Medicine paper entitled Proximal Origins of the Coof? So this is, it's just, it's a list of questions. It's a list of questions and a, and a you know, a, a whole layout of all the things that okay. he had lied about and all the documents. And who is the letter addressed to? Uh, the Secretary of the Health Department and Human of Health Services and Human Services Department. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's yeah. just like it's like, oh, uh, thank you for considering. Yeah, I don't know. The, uh, the, so <laughs> the narrative collapsing was basically where we had gotten. That was how we got here on this yeah. conversation. And that was like and that's where point we were we that's were where I think those letter to those motherfuckers in position of power is imperative. It is important. It has weight and value and worth, not in the sense of proving them wrong, the position or the people in the positions of power, but as in, you know, it's kind of like the Declaration of Independence. It wasn't really for England that we were writing it for. It was a declaration of grievances for the world to see how these people are treating us and this is what we're going to do. And that's how we got a lot of alliances in that war. But what I mean by that is you, you, I think when you, 
when you address these, you know, very prominent people in these positions of power, I think it has value, not in the sense that it's going to change their mind. They're not going to do shit. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, but it does show the population, the general everyday American, look how these people are fucking you over. You know, look what they're doing for you. They don't give a shit about you. That's where I see the weight and value for this, if that makes sense. Like, it, it don't mean shit if you're sending it to the fucking offices of health services. I don't give a shit. They're in on it, baby. It's for the everyday American. I think it's just, it is the good. point is, for the record, I think that's why a lot of this is done. It's just, you know, don't say we yeah. didn't warn you. Don't say we didn't point any of this stuff out. Don't pretend you didn't know about any of this. I had like a tongue-in-cheek video about you. the lab leak theory back in like March or April of 2020 that I did. That was kind of funny. Oh, my It's Brentley solo channel. Yeah, that's, yeah. Before I YouTube mean, nuked it. So Brent, <laughs> Brent had a video in February of 2020 already talking about the possibility of the Kofi feed. Oh, maybe it was February. Coming out of a lab. And this was before the lockdown. It was like it was all, very it was almost a month before the lockdown. It was, I, I put yeah. that video out before they were actually like, you know, yes. getting mad at people for talking about it yes. on YouTube. <laughs> yep. And it didn't get that much views. Your channel wasn't no, wasn't that, was tiny. Doesn't wasn't that big. I had like three hundred and forty subs. But it does go to show, you know, people were already noticing these things. And Brent, you know, he has a he has a background in molecular biology and that sort of thing. So he was already thinking along those lines, like, oh, this looks like it escaped from from a lab. Like that's probably what this was. And and that's yeah, wow, that's like a month was. later they shut everything down and all this shit happens and. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, a lot of people who listen to us, I think, well, I, I shouldn't say listen to us. People who probably see things we post sometimes and don't thoroughly listen to us probably get the impression that we think this virus was like fake and didn't happen. Nothing was out there killing people. And, you know, nowhere have we ever said that. We've never said that anywhere. Um, our claim has always been that, uh, one, the lockdowns didn't help. They made things worse. And I stand by that still today, two years later. Um, and that the danger of the virus was exaggerated and how much it was going to greatly exaggerated. So it's not like it didn't kill people. Of course it did. You know, it's not like people weren't, didn't get sick or certain people didn't get really sick and have lasting effects. I'm sure they did, but the effects of it were exaggerated. The danger of it was, was hyped up for, I think, nefarious purposes. Um, much like the danger of conspiracy uh... or whatever, but. Much yeah. like the danger too of like police crime is another thing too. I mean, there's a lot of police crime. Sure. But they they did, you know, exactly they've made it <laughs> they've made it appear a lot more common than it is statistically. Um, and you know, the 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 ever odd viral video, you know, always sort of serves to amp amp up the the yeah. sentiment. And it's the same thing, you know, like we had those in the beginning of this, we had those viral videos of people in like, you know, China, like apparently like falling over, you know, in the street, like, and then like, you know, the, the rule for, or the word from Italy was that it was like, you know, 10, 20% yeah. of the people are dying. And it's just like, uh, fuck you, Italy. You're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, Italy, you know, the like, one yeah. question that lingers on my head heavily. What's that? Is why did they release this one where it isn't as deadly as they're saying that it is and i just i can't they I can't wrap my, my brain around that maybe look maybe it did get out i don't know or they released it i think it i don't they released it 
they were probably leaving. did. I lean toward that. I think that's more likely because I just I think these people are fucking evil crazy. Also, they needed to distract the news cycle well, from the Epstein affair. Well, also, I just I like, think it they, wasn't six months after Epstein mysteriously, uh, you know, was found. Dead. I agree, but to touch on what he's asking here, his question is: I, I don't think it mattered how deadly the virus actually was, as long as something was out there and they could just use it in the way that they use it you know it needed to have enough of an effect to really make people pay attention they also knew that they could you know completely bs the number of cases by cranking up the number of cycles in the pcr test which we said earlier running it you know 35 45 75 cycles on the test i'm like come on you guys like you're obviously you just want a positive yeah very early on brent was like this makes no sense you're gonna get doing this wrong you're like you're gonna get all these false positives if they keep running the tests and brent has used and ran these tests before and like his old jobs but it's just you know they exaggerated the danger and i don't think it mattered like, I don't think they needed to release a virus that was going to kill a whole ton of people. I think they wanted to actually experiment with the shots, too. You know, I don't think they wanted people to just kill over and die. I think the point was more to just control people, test the efficiency of the propaganda. Like, how obedient will people be? Oh, my God. I got what, what will they put up with and for how long and how many of them? Right. And it's just I think there was multiple reasons why this happened in the way it happened you know control yeah knock some people off uh experimenting you know i don't think there's there was so much wrong with reason. this advertisement it's <laughs> from british columbia pregnant people 18 plus can now get their booster shot eight weeks after their second dose if you haven't received an invite yet call this number and self-identify as pregnant we'll book you the next available appointment learn more excuse me you know you know if, if you would have if you would have asked any trained medical professional the efficacy of injecting a pregnant woman with a vaccine that really has no long-term effects they would have said you're out of your damn mind. And that was actually a huge lawsuit. I think it was right. back in the 70s or 80s. And it's just, you know, they've all gone quiet. But like, I, I'm, I'm still like baffled. Like if I was designing all of this shit, going back to the last question, it just, I don't know. I, I would have released the real thing that is as deadly as they're saying to have the real effect. Well, I and think- it's like- it, I think they just didn't know. I think they, they they themselves did not know how deadly it would actually be, uh, which is probably why they had to exaggerate the, the danger of it and, and include everything in there, you know, even things that were just obviously not COVID deaths, right, into the counts. So they just, I, mean, I guess they didn't know, you know, if it was going to be as deadly as it turned out to be. Maybe it didn't matter. I think we're dealing with exceedingly, I think we're dealing with exceedingly, this is the one thing that the right, not even the right, those who are liberty-minded need to understand, we're dealing with exceedingly smart people. They're very smart, but they're very arrogant. Yeah. And that's, that's the part that I can't really factor in into my own equations up in here. Like, I don't get it. I know some folks who would disagree with you, who would, who would say that, these people aren't very smart that they're dumb and you know like know. this is why these big conspiracies can't happen can't work because you know these people aren't smart enough to carry out such elaborate plots and you they're know smart. i i i do 
I get that position. I think it's a mixture of both. I think we should assume that a lot of what's going on, yes, is just stupidity. And not just from obviously the people in power, but us, like amongst the normal folks. Stupidity. There's a lot but there, of there's, evil. Yes, there is deliberate, <laughs> deliberate, nefarious, nefarious, maleficent, you know, plotting. Yes, plotting. And, and to say that there aren't, like you say, arrogant, but Brent and I, we say psychopathic because we, we think the real true the craziest ones, the ones who like really are pushing the worst. Like who thinks Fauci is a saint? Like I don't understand this idea. Like Fauci has literally been causing problems since the 80s. It's nuts. It's nuts. His like, like I haven't even read the book. I've only seen like brief snippets of Senor Fauci's history. And he's not a dumb guy, you know? So like to just to go back to, to the point that I was making with Toad was saying, there are smart people in power. Totally. This is not all just like well, dumb. Not, honestly, he's not, he's not like he's not a smart doctor. He's a smart manipulator and yeah. a smart administrator. Sure. He hasn't seen a patient in like you know decades. Yeah. Like, well, I just met a smart guy in general. Like he's that guy's not a dumbass, you right? Know? Like, for real. But he's also a raging narcissist. Like the dude has yeah. like I think yeah. two. That's, three... that's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> these are these are incredibly smart people. But I think what people misintrude for stupidity is actually arrogance and the arrogance is that they <laughs> they think they're gonna get away with it yeah. <laughs> <It's not. laughs> and they, these, these motherfuckers had looked at every human civilization throughout history and said i'm gonna be a tyrant and i'm gonna get away with it <laughs> yeah not here that's what's yeah, funny i mean not funny. here that's the funny part that's not, no, we're, we're gonna and get it's not time. even in it's not even an american value it's a human value when you back humans into a corner and you leave them with no other option who just want to be alone you're you're gonna get some pretty pretty cool outcomes so when you back when you back an animal into a corner and, and you threat yeah it's 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 but that's where the arrogance comes from they're not they're not stupid. They're very clever, but they're arrogant. And I think the arrogance is going to be their downfall. And that's why I'm like, that's why, that's why I can laugh at them. Well, my view is that there are a lot of stupid ones and all it takes is those few very clever ones um, to be in the correct <laughs> position of power for and you know with wealth and influence and all that stuff for this sort of thing to happen because they manipulate all the useful idiots and you know, drag them where they need to, to drag them to do all of this, right. To get away with this bullshit. Like look at, look at all the sophisticated propaganda that was put into this so much money, man, to push all of this, like God, in New York city, all the billboards everywhere, advertisements, get the shot, you know, stand six feet apart, wear your mask, this and that. So much fucking money was poured into all of this. that could have been used to help people and And good artists. And real, good artists doing that well talented skillful artists but i don't know i think you know our friend juana who we had on the show before her her and i might disagree in saying that they were good artists and in the sense that i don't think they're true artists like if you're pushing this propaganda and you're not standing up against this and speaking out like you're just a mouth that is true you're the mouth you're a mouthpiece for the state and shame on all these artists shame on broadway Shame on all of them no, for, pushing, for pushing these stupid ass mandates over there. Like fucking shame. With an intervention, no, I... doesn't really work very well. Yeah, 
if it were. I agree. Or who knows? I don't, like, it just seems like the whole thing's kind of collapsing. Like, it, it feels that way a bit, but I don't know. Look, I, I try to not hold my breath with this stuff. Just just seeing how long it's tracked on. Like I talked to my dad about this and, and he, he's been saying that for months, last year, like, oh, you know, people are getting fed up with it. It's not going to go on much longer. And I'm talking about New Jersey here, which is where I'm from. And, you know, I the whole time I was like, dad, but look, this is just like, it just keeps going. And now it's almost two years later. He's, and he still kind of says that. And I'm like, yeah, well, I kind of agree with you, dad, but look, it's don't get your hopes up. You know, look, it's almost two years now. People still aren't fighting back and, and resisting here. They're kind of just going along with all this shit. And well, that's not true. We've got a big know. rally coming up. I think well, I'm talking about where I am in New Jersey, not uh, well, New York City. Well, yeah. a, this was like, I think it's a DC rally. I think it's on Sunday. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty that. sure it's called like the March for Freedom or something. And it's against mandates and lockdowns. And uh, I think Brett Weinstein is going to be speaking and a bunch of other people. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, I would love to go if I could just like, I you would know, too. I would too. And which goes, you know, kind of something I wanted to say is just, it comes down to people individually have to make the decision to be the one, like I'm going to be the one, if they're not going to be the one to be uncomfortable and take it off and walk into that store or whatever, you know, and to just do do a really, it doesn't even have to be a complicated way of standing up. Then yeah, the shit's going to go on. It's going to continue. It's going to drag on for all of eternity because these people are never going to give this power up they're authoritarians they're fucking nuts you have to be the one you can't wait for for joe over there and and fucking fred and shit like you have to be the one otherwise you know leave like those are your choices if you're living in one of these areas that's still really like oppressive with this shit and the people are fucking wackadoos and masks and all that stand up and fight back you know resist the mandates all that or or leave. I think everybody know? in our like, in our audience is probably already doing that already. That's true, and but I just I don't <laughs> you're know. like preaching to the choir over here. Sure, I just, and- <laughs> I don't know what the options are, you know, because it's like you're gonna have to stay and suffer through this. But what sucks is like I know there are also people who like leaving is not like a simple thing. Like for them, it, it could be really. I don't think it's no money, anyone. nothing. I don't know, you know. Not no, a, I I, leave. I mean, or lead. Yeah. or lead yeah or lead yeah. and it, it's hard like i i get it i used to be right as covid started i was super introverted like i was a moderate i didn't like talking to people if you would have told me three years ago that i'd be on a fucking podcast right now talking to people i would have laughed yeah and said i would never have done it and you know you have to th- there comes a point and I came to this point where it's like you're looking around you and you're saying, well, nobody's doing what needs to be done. And you have to think of the implications of what, n- of what not doing anything is. And part of that is like I've always thought about it is I want to be a dad one day. I want to have a family. I don't want my kids to grow through the shit that's happening right now. So I'm going to make damn sure that I set an example by leading by example of what to do. And that's what people need to start in it, it. They need to start doing it. It's, it's the simplest of things. Like if you're living in a super blue state and I can speak from experience, <laughs> by the way, I'm not just preaching. Blue the state simplest refugee. thing, fucking gulag refugee, baby. <laughs> I got the chains on, baby. Got like, out before lead, they had you up against the wall. <laughs> oh, 
that that is an honor. They put me up against the wall first. You really think I'm that good to be first? Thank you. I, I mean, appreciate it. I have stories they'd, about me. They'd come for the podcasters and, you know, the comedians and the I love it. alternative I love it. academics the first. Artists. They come for the artists, you know. Just let me do my makeup Just first before you put me against the wall. Just circle back to the bar house. Circle back. The Bar House example and all of that, yeah. you know, yeah, they, they come for the artists, they the do players, the people like us who who are trying to bring <clears throat> true unity, you know, you know, just like Bar House was like, oh, well, we'll take anyone. We're similar, you know. We will talk to. I mean, I, I'm not gonna say we'll talk to anyone if you're like a fucking crazy asshole. We don't want to talk to you, but otherwise, we don't discriminate. You know, we want all the different walks of life and we want to bring different people together into this liberty mindset uh, conversation we're having here. And that's a danger to what these people are doing. Speaking, they, need, they need people disconnected, divided. Speaking of crazy assholes, did you hear what happened to the Timcast crew lately? Oh yeah, they got swatted again. They got swatted twice. Yeah. And I had like so crazy, dude. And so they had this episode that was from was it like last night or the night before? I think it was the um, night before. They had James, James O'Keefe, Andy Now, and Libby Emmons on from uh, the Post Millennial. And they like when they had all come in at one point, some dude had apparently like worked his way in, like as appearing as a part of their entourage. And so you can watch them like sort of confront him on the cast castle vlog, but it's just like basically some like middle-aged dude so weird. <laughs> who says he's like <laughs> running so for Congress in West Virginia and has been like emailing for weeks, like trying to get in touch with the crew and just decided that he's going to, you know, drive. He's like, said he drove like seven hours from California with his kids in the car or something crazy. <laughs> it's just like oh my god yeah this guy walked in to the back door of the walked tim, into their house the tim cast house and they're like they're like secluded too like you have to drive past like a long stretch of land a couple other properties to like get past multiple yeah. do not trespass yeah like signs and he's like oh i didn't see security so you know i figured i would come over here and, and see if, who i could talk to or whatever like all of that while james o'keefe is in the house you know, with uh, who is it again? Uh, yeah. Andy No. Andy No. Has you been know, threatened yes, many, many times. Many times. You know, and attacked. His, you know, his work on Antifa. Yeah, physically attacked. You know, and 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 Aunt, uh, Aunt Ifa. And they're they're there in this place, and it's just like this guy just wanders in, and so apparently since then Tim said he's uh, he put a whole video out about it. He's been like hunkering they're down getting a crazy with security yeah they've been like getting more serious with security and all but <clears throat> that's when tim needs to come out like listen like we ain't dealing with no bad shit in this yeah. house baby you want to buy this shit when i do it like they're he fucking is, crazy he is trapped he's definitely they're definitely armed in the oh, yeah. house for sure and this is why the swatting thing is a serious thing you know he was talking about it on his video uh jeremy made some videos about it and talked luke about has it. a german shepherd there like they you know if they were yeah. to actually like raid the house like they would shoot the dog they would easily yeah. kill that dog but it could get worse you know like jeremy from the quartering made a video or two i think about this like people die in these situations like when they get swatted and they yeah. call the you know the, the cops and all of them show up and and well they, that's their hope a shootout happens and next thing you that's know, their hope that. that's what they want that's, that's what, what they, they want. wanted yeah. yeah and that's what tim was they saying want. in his video that like there's definitely people out to get him and love him or hate the guy. Like it really is showing the, the bubbling up 
of the tensions that are, are still here right now in the country. It has not blown up. I love him. I yeah. love him too. We, we're fans. Yeah. You know, we get frustrated with him sometimes. And he's a little, he's a little <laughs> obtuse with some things. Yeah, but, but he's we, still uh, on the whole. He does a very good job as a journalist, you know, sort of yeah. like sticking to the facts. Like yeah. he's, you know, he's a yeah. good guy. And we're not just like, I, oh, you know, Tim is famous. So we love him. Like I've been following Tim Pool since like 2011. Like the Occupy Wall Street time when he really started. So I've seen him really transform over the years and his career has kind of gone in all these different places. I respect him. You know, I think he's legit. He's authentic. And I think all of just this, that all the shit that's happening to him is a real testament that he is making an impact. No, he, well, they've, they've been, they've been going hard against, you know, maintaining the line of reality when yes. it comes to the objective yeah. truth. And he does a lot of, you know, like, yeah. very that's kind. a perfect way that you just, I'm sorry. No, maintaining the line of reality that's yeah. that is perfect of what they've been doing. like that's walking, what we're doing. Yeah. they've been doing like and they've said things that other people have gotten banned for they've had guests on that no longer are allowed to be platformed on youtube mm-hmm. uh, i think at this point they're actually like too big to be canceled without some serious like, I, I feel know. like well i, I feel know. like what would happen is if they get canceled it would trigger a whole bunch of other people to just sort of flock to like rumble or somewhere else that's because that they're just at this point like youtube does keep nuking people and twitter does keep nuking people but it's like you know smaller accounts like lower like you know people like that don't have as many followings yeah um and you know people these other alternatives are cropping up but if they were to you know go after another big one i think it could be enough to drive a lot of like youtubers to another platform yeah no i agree that's a good point it's a legit point and i I think like uh he's like just what you said he's maintaining the happy medium of everybody and like for the record i don't agree with like a lot of the shit that he says i think he's a lot he's kind of retarded on some things but i have a hell i have a hell of a lot of respect for that man i think he's a good man he's a good man he's telling the truth he's doing his job he's telling what he perceives to be the truth and i and i agree with you they're not he is trying to I can't get over it. That was like the perfect wording that I've ever heard referred to him before, which was he's trying to maintain the, what was it? The the happy medium or the, like a line of objective reality. Yeah. Just like, you know, uh, a line of objective it. reality. We gotta say he's, like, trying, he's trying to hold the line. Yeah, he's, he is. And it, Meanwhile, he, he's really yeah. like, hold the wait, fucking wait, wait. phone on every side. Like he's, he's a good dude. Hold and I think- line. Hold the fuck, yeah. Hold the Hold line the, of reality. You got your sword, baby. I got my fucking. <laughs> Hold the line. Hell of a marksman, baby. Dabbing my, my runny eyes. My allergies are acting up. You, I got, hey, oh, hey, wait, 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 Daniel, don't, don't, don't bring a sword to a gunfight, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I got my, uh, my knife here too. Those nah, I'm beard. bringing a sword to a gunfight. Brent's got it. Yeah, I need to get my, my knife out. Anyways, yeah, Tim Katz, he's a he's a good dude. I don't like him on everything, but I yeah, respect so really Bizarre, like that they got swatted twice. They got DDoS attacked twice by sophisticated, like advanced denials, uh, distributed denial of service attacks, um, like from like an international botnet. They said, 
So like, I, and I feel like, you know, the eye of Sauron has like noticed him and yeah. since they can't, mm -hmm. since they can't, you know, just zip him off of YouTube. Now there's, they're playing all these other sort of countermeasures. Well, he was, he was yeah. noticed a while ago, I think, but I think well, but he's been having a lot of big names yeah. in the alternative, like sort of perspective. Recently. So he mentioned on the video he did about all this, that he thinks it was related to the fact that, well, the first incident happened right after he had Marjorie Taylor Greene on the show. And then the second incident happened also like right after he had uh, James O'Keefe and Andy No and Libby Edmonds on the show. So he thinks it's something to do with that, that these were like targeted in response to having those people on. But I don't know. Probably was. Yeah, Probably was. Possible. Oh, she's a secessionist. Who, Libby Edmonds? No. no uh, Marjorie Taylor, Taylor, Taylor Greene. I, I do I don't think know. I mean, we disagree a little bit on that. I, I remember there was a Twitter back and forth between secession. We could we could discuss it a bit. So, you know, when Cam was on the show, we we talked a bit about the subject as well because I'd seen him post about it. And I look, I get all of all of the, the views behind why folks say they they want like a peaceful divorce. I just don't think it can be done peacefully. These people think it can be. I don't think it can. And I think we have to understand, like you talked about the revolution a bit earlier. One of the reasons that the union is, is viewed in the way that is, it is viewed is because it had to happen for that war to be won, for the country to be born at all. And when the Civil War broke the United States up, Lincoln didn't go back to war to free slaves. This is a... This, People got to get that shit out of their head. So if anyone has mm -hmm. this thought in their head, oh, Lincoln went back to war to free slaves, that, no. He went back to war right. to restore the union. Um, I've seen some folks criticize Lincoln in retrospect and say, oh, well, that war didn't need to happen. He shouldn't have even fought it. The South would have worked all that shit out later and like the slaves would have freed themselves or something later. I don't know if I agree with that or not. The point is Lincoln viewed the union breaking up as a massive failure. Because think about it, it's like, oh, well, the whole country exists because we were all able to get along together and, and establish some sort of unified identity. For it to break up to him was like tragic. It was like, oh my God, the founding fathers would be so disappointed. He, he wanted to bring it back together. And there's a famous quote that I hear critics of Lincoln bring, bring up. Um, I don't remember how it's worded exactly, but he said something along the lines of, um, if I could restore the union by freeing all the slaves, I would do that. If I could restore the union by freeing some of the slaves, I would do that. If I could restore the union and free none of the slaves, I would do that too. And that was his main goal. And it's because it's viewed as sacred. And I think people will fight and die to like keep it together. So I can't see like how, how is a peaceful divorce possible? I don't know if, I don't know if it is. But what is it a smart move? Would people be happier under such a situation? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, the, the most complicating factor is what do you do with the nukes? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> so once I'm governor, before I leave the union, <laughs> I'm going to find out where all the nukes are. And it's going to be like that scene from Batman with the Joker when he whips out his coat. He's like, ah, not so fast. <laughs> and he has like the grenades. That's what I'm going to do. But anyways, what I think when people talk about a civil divorce and really even the civil war back then not not now i'm talking about the civil war back then 
what I think it, it's addressing is a problem that has existed in this country since its very founding, which I believe to be one of its greatest flaws. And it is the federalists and the anti-federalists existing in the same country. Yeah. Those two ideologies cannot coexist. They cannot. I, I bring this up too often. Well, we have show, for, so. you know, like 300 we have. years. And, and this is the argument that the, the folks who view the union as sacred. About 300-ish years you know, is really not that long of a time. I, I believe, you know. Yeah, I believe it is our greatest flaw. And it, yeah. it was a monkey in the wrench since the yeah. founding of the country. If it well, would have been me after the Revolutionary War, it would have been the Federalist, you get this land. The Anti-Federalist, you get this land. Those two ideologies, they cannot coexist. And I think they, every war that we've had since then can be boiled down to those two ideologies combating one another. It, everything, everything that we have fought over in this country can be boiled down to those who want a big centralized government and those who want a decentralized yeah. federal government. No, I, I, I do agree to some extent. I don't think you can boil it down to that. <laughs> in that simple of a way as you put it, but I think oh, I understand what you mean when you say that. But, you know, I, I talk about on the show commonly two foundings, you know, there was, there was two foundings. A lot of people don't realize that. And it's founded in this idea that you're talking about that divide between the Federalists and Anti-Federalists. Yeah, the constitution happened, they signed it, but there was also the constitutional convention, the ratification of it. And the Bill of Rights. The whole point of that, the Bill of Rights exists because the anti-federalists. Exactly. Exist. And, and that is an important thing. And I don't think it was ever really emphasized. And like when I brought it up on the on the show with Cam, you know, he was like, oh, but those were all those racist slave-owning states. And that's, I guess, the criticism that will be made of it is like, yeah, the slave-owning states were the ones who tended to be more anti-federalists because they wanted the right as a state to still have their way of living with slaves and all that. And they felt that that was being threatened, which I think is a legit argument, but it does not dispel the points that the anti-federalists had about big government and how much power should the state have in relationship to the entire federal government. And so when the constitution came out, they were like, yeah, well, all, this is great. And it limits the power of the government, but all it really does is, is tell us what powers the government has. It's not, protecting us in these ways you left all these things out right so the quartering all that stuff right um free speech right to bear arms etc 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 they pointed out all these things and they made their case and that's why we have the bill of rights to begin with so there was there was two foundings at the heart of the country and it's we've carried on that way ever since until the civil war broke up right then it came back together and yes at the heart of that issue was both of these topics. It was the difference between the two, right? The anti-federalist view and the federalist view and slavery. Uh, just in that instance, the anti-federalist view happened to favor the practice of slavery. And that was what they were fighting for the state's right to have continued. Would it have continued? And would the slaves have eventually freed themselves? Say if Lincoln was like, well, fuck it. I'm not going to try to restore the union. Let the South go off and just do their thing. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I think I would like to say yes, because I just, I believe in the resilience of the human spirit. And that goes for all groups, you know, black, white, whatever. And I think, you know, eventually black folks, yes, would have, would have risen up and threw their chains off themselves and 
it maybe a civil war would not have even been needed for that to happen in the way that it happened. But I would not presume to know the answer to that because history played out the way it played out, right? And the country did put itself back together. And after the Civil War was really when Americans started to view themselves more as Americans together. And that's really important. And I think that's why a lot of folks are hesitant to get on board with this view of secession because if you study that period and you read about the shit that people did to each other and like brother on brother and stuff, it was nuts, man. It was really crazy. I don't country. think, I don't think we're going to see an actual, We might not, you know, no, but I think we're going to see more of what we've already seen, yeah. which is you have, you know, the federal government making these ridiculous rules, states being like, we're not going to listen to you. And Agreed. you know, yeah. individual industries being like, we will comply or not. Um, and we'll probably have more, um, more craziness as things start to get revealed about how shady the origins of this disease actually were and how you know it's entirely possible that you know mr fauci and mr dazak or doctors whatever um they were involved in you know misappropriation of funds you know illegal explicitly outlawed gain of function research uh, you know, maybe possibly working with intelligence agencies, which is why this whole thing has been handled the way it was and why it's been so hard to have, you know, an open conversation because the whole time the friggin' CIA is sitting there like whispering in the media, like, shh, you're gonna like give our secrets away from China. Like, meanwhile, like the CIA just needs to go. Like, yeah, I don't know. I. <laughs> I'm not going to hold my. I'm not going to hold my breath though that these people are going to truly be held accountable, and if they are, I won't be shocked if it's in my lifetime. But I know there is definitely something interesting and unique about. I'm tired of talking about it. Can we pivot? No. Well, I I think the the topic of of secession was the main thing we were really discussing in this idea of a national divorce. And, but I think you're right. And like, that's the core of it, right. Is these mandates, is these stupid policies that those people are pushing. It's also common. Which, yeah. which, which always boils down to federalists versus anti-federalists, no matter what, like yeah, it always boils down to big government versus those versus decentralization. Prefer. And almost every problem that this country has faced is because of those two problems. Does the federal government have more say than the states? Almost everything. And that's why I truly believe it is our greatest flaw in what this nation was founded on. And I think if we don't address it moving forward, if we pretend like everything's fine, and if we continue forward, like, you know, we're all part of one kumbaya nation, I, I, I truly believe it is going to be our downfall yeah, if we don't yeah. address this problem. It has been there since the beginning. I think I, I totally, again. I 100% agree with that. I do. That's think what scares me. It needs to, it me. needs to be addressed. I agree with that. It needs to be, it, it to we be need addressed. to, we need to know that there are these two very distinct ways of, of thinking and that this has been around as long as the country has been around since the very beginning. Since the founding, since, since the first the day of it. So, yeah, I think uh, it's worth thinking about. More people should be having the conversation and maybe we could avoid any kind of conflict in the future. Or maybe the two sides could at least understand each other a bit and some happy medium could be found. Like someone could 
it could dawn on them like, oh, I'm more of a federalist and like, oh, more of an anti-federalist. It's a big problem. The big problem is that we have a bunch of like pathological, crazy billionaires that are putting their proverbial fingers on the scales, tipping everything (laughs) towards crazy. And and that's where I'm like, a civil divorce is not a peaceful solution. It is the most peaceful solution it's just more divide and conquer really yeah well this is my problem with it it's just it's the most peaceful it's the most peaceful in terms of what the alternatives are and i won't talk about the alternatives but it's not looking good at what we're where we're going yeah no i i do agree it's definitely not looking good i just i don't I get what you mean though it's is it the most peaceful solution and maybe it is but that does not mean it will be peaceful. peaceful. And no, I agree. Just, that, that's a good. That's good. That's important. Yeah. And so, I, what, what I mean, where we've gotten so yeah. far, we've had you know the summer of riots like in 2020 that went on for like 100 days. We had like all those riots, yeah. like, and then on top of that, we had you know then then came like the lockdowns and all the economic devastation. Yeah. I don't know. I hope it doesn't have to come to that. Personally, I. I lean towards. I just say we're going to see more of the same. We're going sure. to see what we've seen. And well, I'm talking about more. the country breaking up and that leading to it. I hope that doesn't happen. Like I no, want that to... that that absolutely hurts yeah. my heart. Like There's I no and way. I want everybody. I want y'all to know, and I want everyone else to know because I know that I talk about this a lot. That does absolutely fucking break my heart. I don't want to see this country broken apart. Yeah. Anyway, like I I grew up in a very like. Uh, very proud American family. Every funny fun fact: every man in my in my family served in the military, <laughs> except for me. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you're like, like I, I'm gonna I, go design stuff. I like tee Anyways, like I, I saw, I like I, I, I saw what all of them went through, and I, I like the the stories that they tell when it's just like us, like it's, it, it's fucked up what they were forced to do in order to preserve the ideals of freedom in America and preserving and which by association is the preserve, uh, preservation of the union, right? Yeah. It's, it's fucked up. Yeah. It's, and I, I, and I, I don't want to say that anyone who has died for freedom has died in vain for this country. It, I just feel like I, I genuinely feel like we're we're so, coming to a certain point where it's like uh, we, so we think about how you feel right now. Think about how you feel right now, and then put yourself in Lincoln's shoes. And that was sort of how he was feeling at the time. Um, I'd let them go because they they you know the, the the union was viewed as sacred, and to a lot of people it still is. And I want to view it that way, I guess, to some extent, because I know it is why we're here and this even works, you know, and has even happened, you know, and that that's an, another point too. this touches on that I've brought up on the show before. It's like why the issue of slavery was left off the table when the founding happened. It was because they needed the union to happen at that time or the war would not have been won. If they put that issue on the table, those Southern states would have been like, fuck it. No, we're not fighting with you. The British would have probably used that to their advantage and be like, oh, no, we're not. We'll let you keep your slaves. We're totally fine with that. The war would have been lost and, and, you know, the Continental Army would have been defeated. So 
it's complicated. Our history is really freaking complex and complicated. But You're at complicated. least at least they wrote in like things in there where like later it could undo the slavery thing. And it's kind of brilliant when you think about it, you know, in that sense. And we we talked to uh what's his name? The Colonel Matt. Um Colonel Rob Manus. Manus, yeah. And he was talking about that, you know, how they kind of wrote those things into it very early to already give people the ammunition later written into the founding and the law, right. And the constitutional stuff to undo the, you know, slavery and the whole system of that later on. So, you know, I personally think the civil war when it happened the first time was inevitable. That's my view. No, I agree. Yeah. I think it was going to happen. There was no way to stop it. And the founding fathers, I think themselves knew that that issue would eventually one day come to a head. Um, not in their lifetimes, perhaps, but they knew that at some point it was going to become a really, really contentious one. And it did. And then when it happened, Lincoln was like, fuck, you know, the union, it's broken up. This is so sad. You know, they would, the founding fathers would be so disappointed in me. Okay, so, but they fixed it. No big deal. They fixed it. All right, well. And that, I think it's like a problem that's going to continue to happen. And I it's hope not. Like fully addressed. Well, well we're, look, it's it's manifesting it. today in a variety of different forms. You have yeah. decentralization in the form of crypto and the alternative finance community. Yeah. There's this there's this strong pull from individualists, from small business owners, from podcasters, yeah. from artists for decentralization of you know different systems. And it, we're seeing it. It's happening like right before our eyes. Yeah. Also, the geographic differences uh, happening between people like actually leaving physically. Yeah, people are voting with their feet. They're voting with their dollars. Um, and you know, it's a process that is going to have a continuing developing sort of outcome that will you know, it's going to, you know, really change the way the future sort of forms. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, that's true. And like, you know, okay, boiling down to everything that we talked about today, like tonight, um, the individual matters, what you do with your money in your pocket fucking matters. Totally. Um, every artist or designer or what have you that's listening to this right now, the shit that you do is fucking important. It holds value. You do have influence over you know what you do matters it doesn't matter what the fuck okay if there's like really young artists who are listening i was in the same position your family tells you like what you're doing isn't important you're not going to do shit with it it does matter and you're going to affect lives with it and especially especially in this liberty movement moving forward you see the propaganda that's happening right now and it's beautiful visually beautiful we, need we have a lot of great that we need people we need to counter to that yeah. we need people to counter that with good art that is embracing liberty and you know that's interpretive to what totally, however you see it i love what you said there and i 100 agree i think it's like i view it as like anti-propaganda propaganda it's like <laughs> yeah i was thinking about that propaganda <laughs> what we're doing this is propaganda too what we're doing we're propagating stuff right? that's all you're doing is you're propagating an idea or a concept just you want it to spread you want it to go from mind to mind so i view we're not doing you. anti-propaganda is like propaganda that is telling you how propaganda works and that it's happening to you so it's like, that's our propaganda. It's like, I want people to watch the show and realize how they're being influenced by all these forces around them all the time, constantly, 24-7, 
advertising all also like having a conversation and like sort of a small relatively quiet corner of the internet that invites people in whereas like you know propaganda front is like top down like it's like you know what's being blasted at you and yeah. from nbc sure it's- well we're upfront about what our purpose is true like sophisticated propaganda it's veiled right that's the point it's disguising it's itself disguised. In some way. yeah no for sure but i i agree with ricky i think you know artists right now true artists really need to look inside themselves and ask themselves you know am i being honest about what i'm seeing around me and how i'm responding to it in my art and am i using my art in some way to kind of resist this totalitarian shit it doesn't even have to be in a direct way you know like my paintings aren't direct i think i have one that's like very obviously about this stuff you know but it's just it's carrying that out into the world and showing people you can be an artist you can express yourself and you don't have to be woke you don't have to you know, you don't have to follow the COVID narrative and shit. You can use your art to resist that. And like you said, their propaganda is sophisticated. It's beautiful. It's, it has a lot of skill behind it. And they have big budgets, right? Lots of money and lots of power behind them. So, like, we need every fucking hand on deck. Um, so I second what you said. Yeah. Well, any young yeah. artist or any creative person listening to this, like, yeah, your individual voice does matter. You get do. out there and fix the world. Yeah, well, not fix the world. Yourself <laughs> first, obviously. Put your shit into order, but like figure out what it is that you're really truly good at. What compels you? And what compels you? What's your message? You know? What's your theme? What's the story you want to tell? And just give that, you know, share it, make something, yeah. give it. That's like the best resistance. Ew. Live well, make money, yeah. for it, get paid doing it. Art. Yeah. You know, and that's art what I want to do. Yeah. I want, I art in principle, art in principle is it's it's really liberty. It really is. That's why I love art. It, it's the essence. Art in principle is the essence of liberty. If you find yourself any artist who where you're thinking, I don't know if I can say this because it's gonna upset a certain sect of people. You're probably not serving the right sect of people. Yeah. If you can say something well, where you're like, well, I think this is going to be rather contentious, but I'm going to fucking say it because I want to fucking say it with my work and don't have a fear of repercussions from the party that you are associated with, you are probably on the right track yeah. to making a difference. So any artist, this is, this is what I'm talking to right now, any young yeah. artist... Do do what you feel is it's right for the population or for your people. Do what what you feel is right for your people, not what you feel is right for your party. Yeah. <laughs> and you you don't have to be like loud and outspoken saying the way no. that that you are or we are and all this stuff. It's like it can be subtle, you know. Artists from different eras say living under more totalitarian, strict, dictatorial, or like you know monarchies and stuff like that they would use art or theater to kind of veil subtly their criticism of of the powers that mm-hmm. be of the state and you know like shakespeare was criticizing power and his get plays. clever with it right get clever with it if you have to right you don't have to be as like straight up like us like fuck you fuck your shot eat shit oh my god i am <laughs> you don't have to be like that <laughs> this this episode will never be monetized it's never gonna be monetized it's fine no that's okay Mickey wait wait wait, wait. we'll add hour. with the fucking gun <laughs> that with the gun oh with 
with the, the uh, state. The fuck the CIA. Eat my shit. <laughs> fuck all y'all. <laughs> Keep ruining that with sorry, the sorry, sorry, I ruined your monetization. Oop, here's like the gun for the sixth time. Well, sorry. The gun's, the gun's not the allowed. State. <laughs> the gun's not allowed on a live stream, I think. But I think you are allowed. Yeah, you're allowed to like show weapons on YouTube. I believe that's not a good. There's a lot of gun YouTubers. Yeah, there's whole like whole gun tubers. Gun YouTubers. <laughs> well, this this is called a firearm. You you use it against a tyrannical state. That's why your Second Amendment was implemented. Learn <laughs> to use it well. Second Amendment with gay toad yes i think, I think uh, with constitutional that, carry with that i think we'll wrap it up for tonight it's getting kind of late but it is thank you for y'all old men thank you for course, joining yeah. us again we, we course, really thanks for you. having me on so late i i'm so bad keeping y'all late Everybody needs to go to Twitter and follow Gay Toad. It's Gay Toad Two, right? It's Gay Toad Two because his original got nuked. Rock, and rock, also, rock. go. For no, it didn't nuked. get nuked. What? What? Your I think it's just fake news. Didn't your original get? No. <laughs> no. Oh, that never happened. Okay, that never happened. Well, anyway, there's this other Toad on there too, Gay Toad Three. So you should go follow him too, just in case something happens to Gay Toad. <laughs> just saying. Just saying, you know, it's we don't know what's but anything can happen. You know, pe- three. people are getting nuked on Twitter yeah. left and right. The backup for the backup. Yeah, the backup for the. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and if, and if people want to follow uh, Ricky on Instagram, I believe it is bravado, right, with a period between every letter level yeah yeah that's him yeah. yeah so you'll find him and yeah you know I'll again thanks thanks for coming on we love your voice we love what you do we think you're incredibly brilliant and talented and handsome and all those things and we're very privileged to uh to know you and to be friends with you and we haven't met in person yet oh my god daniel get a stick out of your mouth um (laughs) okay okay texas trip when or florida trip when (laughs) yeah i don't know we'll uh we'll definitely we're gonna make something happen see if i take yeah i'd love to meet y'all Hopefully within the next year, you know, we, we met Mike, oh, cool. that was fun, you know, and maybe we can get like everyone together in a situation. Yeah, so, ideally if we, our next place will be like a two bedroom. That would be fun. So we can. I mean, y'all are welcome here at the fucking loft. But... <laughs> you sleep on the floor. I do. Yeah. <laughs> get, a, get an air mattress and just throw it on the floor. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. All right, don't forget to all like, right. subscribe, comment, do all the things. All the we things. love you. Thanks for watching. Good. Back again soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.